This episode is brought to you by Nourish, your inner journey to making peace with food. Find out more at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. That is N-O-U-R-I-S-H, jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit, the email marketing tools and automations that you need to grow your business. Get started building your email list for free today at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash ConvertKit. Jewish Latin Princess episode 142, Barbara Hewson, financial therapist, wealth coach, and best-selling author. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself, seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at jewishlatinprincess.com, your host, Yael. Did you know that you probably think about money differently than your husband, your brother, your male co-workers or boss? What impact is that having in your financial behaviors? And how might you go about rewiring your brain if needed? I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. Today, I'm talking to best-selling author, financial therapist, and wealth coach, Barbara Hewson, formerly Stanny. You might remember Barbara from episode four of this podcast, one of my most popular episodes, actually, and for good reason. She is fabulous, and now she's back. She has a new book about to hit stores January 20. 20, which you can pre-order now. It is called Rewire for Wealth, Three Steps Any Woman Can Take to Program Her Brain for Financial Success. The book has received numerous accolades from industry experts such as David Back, one of my favorites, and many others. But before I bring her on, I want to highlight our reviewer of the week. As I've told you before, every week I will be going into the iTunes section and picking a review, and then that person and I will get to sit and chat on the phone for 20 minutes, and you can ask me anything that's on your mind that you'd like some clarity on. It could be about your Jewish observance, uh, anything, parenting, money, anything that's on your Jewish mind, on your Jewish soul that you would like some clarity on. So today I am pulling up from the iTunes review section, <laughs> Azzy Yankovic. Hey, Azzy. She says, this is a must listen since discovering this podcast years back, I've been a loyal fan and follower and later was also a guest on episode 118. Indeed, indeed you were. It was a great episode. Yael is a born interviewer and teacher of timeless wisdom and practical MBA knowledge with a heart of gold. Profound and practical. Have a listen. Well, Azzy, that was such a great review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now you're making me curious. I don't even I don't think I know how you found this show. So I guess I'll ask you. But we are on for a 20 minute date, although you and I know that we tend to hang out often offline. Um, so this will give us an excuse to hang out again. All right. Another important announcement. If you pick up the holiday issue of Real Simple Magazine, take a snapshot of what I wrote in there on holiday gifting and post it onto your IG stories. Tag me and tag Real Simple and you will be in for a chance to win a one-year subscription of Real Simple Magazine. So that's just another reminder to keep doing that. And finally, something new that's happening as we're quickly approaching Hanukkah, I would like to let you know that I am doing an eight-day Hanukkah challenge of sorts or Hanukkah giveaway, perhaps, inside a place I hang out um, quite often. That is my free private Facebook group, Jewish Money Matters. I am calling this 
virtual event or virtual giveaway, Money Miracles. And it's going to be a fun way to highlight and focus on financial miracles in particular. So if you're not a member of the group yet, head over to Facebook and request access to Jewish Money Matters, where I will be posting the details and the rules of the game, so to speak. But I can't wait to hear from all of you and for us to share our financial miracles during this holiday of light and holiday of miracles. You know, someone posted recently, we all want miracles. The problem is that we don't believe in them. How sad and how true. But I know that my audience does believe in miracles. And so that's why I'm doing this. Because the truth of the matter is that there is something very powerful about going back and introspecting and finding those financial miracles from big to small. And I know we've all had them. And then articulating these and sharing the story with others. It helps it helps cement the faith and live with more trust. And also, not for us, just for ourselves, but as the lamplighters that we are, by sharing our personal money miracles, we're not only strengthening ourselves, but in, we in turn inspire those of us in the group reading these stories and help others see their own miracles and strengthen their own faith and their trust. And ultimately, all that trust translates into more miracles, more tranquility, and more wealth. So who's on for this? Of course, there will be prices. I will make this a lot of fun. So head over to Jewish Money Matters on Facebook. If you're not there yet um, and request access, it's really easy. And let's do that. Let's do this. The only reason I'm telling you you have to request access is because it is a private Facebook group, which is kind of neat. I kind of like like it like that. Um, that is quite intentional. All right. So let's talk about my guest today. You should definitely go back to episode four and listen to Barbara's riches to rags story and how she finally started taking her money seriously, super seriously, as she is the leading expert on women and money in this country. Because I want you to go, if you haven't heard that, I want you to go back and listen because I know you will be able to learn so much from her personal story of growth and perseverance, as well as the spiritual insights that have helped her all along the way and which she generously shares with others. So today, our conversation takes a different angle and we talk all about her latest book and how Barbara has been using neuroscience to help coach her students. The process of building wealth, says Barbara, is not so much about the money, you know, the money dollars in the bank, but more so about the woman we have to become to be a container, a vessel that can attract, sustain, and build that wealth. So what do we know about the brain which can help us make shifts in our lives today? Are we stuck in a particular financial situation forever? Obviously, if you're on the show, you know the answer is no, but we do have a lot more power over this than what we think. And more than that, um, it's easier than you might think, according to Barbara. So listen to Barbara's recommendations and let's start rewiring our brains. Here is the lovely Barbara Hewson.
Barbara Hewson, welcome back to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? Oh, it's so good to be here. It's always good to see you. I love talking to you. Me too. The pleasure is mine. Do you know that you were here? I think you were episode number four, Barbara, of this show back in 2017. Wow. Yes. And now look at us now. This is episode 141, I think, something like that. So that's pretty awesome. And I'm delighted to have you back. So much has happened since. For one, we have a new name, which is very exciting. <laughs> you were here as oh, Barbara yeah, Stani. Yes. Yeah. And so many programs, your coaching programs, your retreats, your online programs. I mean, pre-COVID, you had retreats. And there's a new book, a new book yes. that is coming out January 2021. Very exciting. I'm loving the title already. It's Rewire for Wealth, Three Steps Any Woman Can Take to Program Her Brain for Financial Success. That's pretty awesome. Let's talk about it, shall we? Let's do. Let, let me so. just let me ask you this. Let me start. Sorry to cut you off, but I want to start with the title because you talk about women in your title. So my first question is: Is there a difference between the way men and women think about finances or think about money? And is, if so, what's the difference? There's many ways they 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 think, but the biggest thing I think this is one of the things that attracted me to the whole subject of neuroscience was when I read that men and women see, they, they see investing very differently. Their, their brain processes information differently. Mm -hmm. For men, they see the market and investing as a challenge, an exciting challenge. Women see the market and investing as a threat. Mm. And so our brains were programmed for survival. <laughs> and our, our ancestral brains are always on the lookout for threat. So when women start to invest, very often what happens unbeknownst to them is they see it as a threat unconsciously and they will flip their, their conscious mind goes, offline, and they will flip into fight, fight, or freeze. Uh-huh, which is what's holding a lot of women back from investing and really making their money work for them. It's the, the number one reason studies have shown this. I wrote my very first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, in 1995. Mm -hmm. Since then, 25 years, or how many years it's been, surveys always tell us the same thing. Women know they need to do something but they aren't doing enough to protect themselves financially. And the number one reason is they lack the confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think, my personal opinion, having been in this business for 25 years, I think they lack the confidence because of the way financial education, not yours, Yell, not, not yours, mm -hmm. but the way the traditional financial education is, is geared. It's all about uh, the facts and, and the practical stuff, which is important. Right. But what happens, it doesn't deal with our emotions. It doesn't deal with our fears. It doesn't deal with our fight, fight, and freeze. Mm -hmm. And, and we, don't, we, ha we don't have the confidence. Now, the interesting thing is because we lack the confidence, it actually makes us better investors. Survey after survey shows that women actually perform better. Men's, women's portfolio, portfolios perform better because of the very reason men, because they're so self-assured, <laughs> they tend to trade, go in and out. 
women, because we lack confidence, we tend to buy and hold, which is a much better strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah, definitely. That That is a much better strategy. So, and even, Barbara, let me ask you this, because a lot of women don't even get to that step. I find a lot of women who I talk to who haven't even gotten to the step of having a cushion of savings that, you know, for, let's say, a pandemic or something is, you know, they want to start a new venture and they need a little bit of financial runway or there's an emergency, even though we don't, we don't like to talk about the negative, but the, just, you know, like even the savings, I think a lot of times women are lagging behind. So all of that is connected right to the way we are. We think everything's connected to the way we think because our behavior, everything we do, walking, talking, spending, saving, it is all controlled by our brain mm-hmm. and our brain is shaped by our thoughts. So what we think, the thoughts we have, the feelings we have, are immediately transferred to our brain and they release chemical, uh, chemical electrical impulses that start sculpting our brain. Mm-hmm. And the more you think a thought, the deeper that neural pathway grows until it becomes hardwired and it becomes a habit. So yeah, everything is, it goes back to our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's so that's why it's so important to really watch what you think. Watch what we think. And let me ask you this. Do you think, because you address the fact about financial education, so it makes me think that you probably are thinking that we have been conditioned perhaps to think about money in a certain way. That it's not like we have this inborn necessarily trait that is differing from men, but that like in a, in a certain on a certain level, we've been conditioned, and that means that we, that's good news, actually, because that means we could really, really work on changing that. Of course, yes. So I'm going to take it even farther back. So when I wrote my first book, let me just put it this way. I realized early on that women's difficulties with money has very little to do with money and has everything to do with our fear of or ambivalence about power. And my definition of a powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. And basically, our fear of power is our fear of becoming who we truly are. Mm. It's our fear of shining our light, our fear of speaking up, saying what, what, asking for what we want, saying no to what we don't, because we're so afraid of rocking the boat that we kind of dim ourselves down. We, we, we dim ourselves down so we don't make waves. And what I've noticed is it's not about having more money in the bank. I mean, I'm all about wealth building. It's not about having more money in the bank as much as who you have to become mm. to be a container that can attract and sustain and build wealth. I love that. Yeah, you have to be the the vessel to receive that abundance, to be that manager of that gift, right? To be, to to attract it and to contain, to hold it and to grow it. For so many of us, it's like water going through our fingers and you're getting back to your idea of savings. Money comes in because wealth does not come from what you earn or what you marry or what you inherit. Wealth comes from what you do with that money. Wealth comes from what you save, from what you keep. And for many, it's 
like just water going through the fingers. Exactly. And those behaviors are, like you said, they're coming back from whatever's here that we need to reprogram so that we actually build that yes. container without any leaks. And I love what you said because wealth really I always tell women like wealth allows you to shine your light like money is like an amplifier you know like you're a generous person you'll be able to be more generous you're a creative soul you'll be more creative it amplifies who you already are it allows you to shine a lot brighter and but it also amplifies some dark places Mm -hmm. money amplifies shame there's so much shame around money and I believe that money does not cause shame. Money amplifies the shame we already have. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that working with our shame will is a very important component of financial education for women. Yeah, yeah, the we inner have, work. Been conditioned. Yeah, we have been conditioned to be to hold the back. Yeah. We have been we have not been conditioned to be wealthy and powerful. I remember when I wrote my first book, I interviewed a psychologist her name was olivia mellon mm-hmm. and i asked her why are women so afraid of their power and she said something that gave me full body chills she said because powerful women have been burned at the stake Ugh, yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> women usually have that reaction to it that same reaction is what i had oh yeah so it's kind of part of our collective unconscious yeah 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 what's interesting is barbara we're, we're, yeah tell me That now I'm I'm looking at this new um, line of work that you're doing with rewiring for wealth. When we first had a conversation here on the show, you had you were really talking about the spiritual element, which again, it all goes tied together to what we're saying now. There's a lot of the inner work that people have to do. It's not just about the numbers. It's never just about the numbers. And now you've taken it a step further and said, okay, okay, there's the spiritual part, but ladies, there's also everything that's happening up here. We got to work on our neurons. There's science behind all this. But it goes together. Right, because it's 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 the practical, it's the spiritual. It, it what I believe is getting smart or smarter about money is a combination of the outer work, the inner work, the higher work, and the deeper work of wealth. And the outer work is telling you there's to be stock in a bond and you know getting your retirement plan set, negotiating for a raise, all that. That's important, and and, and for some people that's no problem, but for those who get stuck. It's really important to do the inner work, which is the psychological, emotional, to look at the beliefs and the decisions and the limiting thoughts that that are holding us back. But what's also important, because women, we are not motivated. Once we have, once we're financially stable, once we have a roof over our head, food on the table, you know, some extra money to get a mani-pedi, we are not motivated by money. What motivates us is the opportunity to do what we're here to do and to help others. And that's what I call the higher work of wealth. That's the spiritual component is really doing God's work. Yeah. And and we hard to do that when we're drowning in debt and struggling to make ends meet. Exactly. Exactly. And then there's there's the deeper work, which is really the neuronal working with your neural circuits. Right. So I think it's a combination yep. of all three. So so my new book is definitely definitely includes the spiritual. Absolutely. 
Now let's talk about it then. Let's talk about the rewiring process. I know you talk about certain steps that you're very particular on, on, on getting this down. What are those steps to rewiring? So it took me about five, six years to really get this. So can I tell you how the book first came about? Can Please. I just give you some facts? I would love to hear okay. that. Okay, so so I've written I'd written six six seven books. I've written seven books. What one's out of print. So I've written seven books. And I've been doing this for twenty five years, empowering women around money. And one day, about six years, seven years ago, I got up and I didn't want to go to work. Huh. And over time, I lost interest in my work. I, I was just dreading the day ahead. And I remember turning to my husband and saying, I would like to take a sledgehammer to my business and just smash it to some smithereens. It was like I was done. Hmm. And I couldn't figure it out because this was my mission. This was my ministry. This is my this is my purpose. Hmm. This is why I'm here. And so I, I couldn't figure out what was going. It felt like something was missing. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I'm going to take some time off. I, I stopped taking new clients. I stopped speaking. I stopped doing all the things. I kind of cleared my plate. And I just thought, what is missing? Am, or am I really done? And then during this period, I was going through my email and an article about neuroscience was in my inbox. I knew nothing about neuroscience. I printed it out and I started reading it and it was like the light bulb went off in my brain. It was like, oh my God, this is the missing piece. This is it. And so I started studying neuroscience. I started reading about it. I started applying it, integrating it into my work, which was already includes psychology, spirituality with personal finance. And then I started experimenting it with me. And then I started experimenting with, I had all these guinea pig clients and <laughs> I started giving workshops. So after about five years, six years, I came up, I boiled it all down to three steps. And also what I call three power tools, which I haven't really talked about, but the three steps. So to rewire your brain so the mind and the brain work together. What flows through the mind shapes the brain. So you have to start because trying to change your behavior is really a, almost a lost cause. It's really hard. When you change your thoughts, you definitely change the wiring in your brain, which controls your behavior. Mm-hmm. And then it gets easier. So how do you change your thoughts so you can start wiring your brain differently. And here are the three steps. The first step, and I've given to you really quickly, and then we can talk about it more if you'd like. The first step is simply recognize a negative thought. Simply ne- recognize a, a negative, critical thought that may be holding you back, mm-hmm. like there's never enough right. or I'm not enough. Or mine that I just finished working on is, I don't have what it takes. And then you just notice that thought. And you go, and you notice it not with judgment, with curiosity. Actually, I'm telling, I'm saying more than I expected. So I'm just going to go ahead go, and go. explain it. You, you, you notice it with, with curiosity. And you 
specifically say, oh, isn't that interesting? I'm having a thought about not having enough. I'm having a thought about not being enough. I'm having a thought about I don't have what it takes. That separates you from your thought. And it, because you, the, your thoughts are not the truth. Every thought you have has somehow been conditioned or programmed in you. And so you realize, oh, I'm having a thought. That's not the truth. It's though it's been wired in my brain. So that's where you start just noticing. And even if you do nothing else for a week or two, just observing those negative thoughts can be powerful. I like to think about them as little visitors that just, it's just a visitor. It's not you. It's not me. It's just a guest that came knocking on the door. <laughs> I don't have to I answer. Love I love it. I love it. <laughs> I had a client. I had a client who said, I look at them as warriors. These little boys, all they need is a hug. These little thoughts are my little boys who need a hug. So yeah, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. I love that. Uh, but those thoughts can be very insistent. Yeah. And those thoughts sometimes don't even show up as thoughts. They show up as visceral feelings. Mm -hmm. Which is, by the way, Barbara, you know, our mutual friend or colleague, um, Barry Tester, she always talks about the body check-in. You know, like n even even for people, sometimes it's hard to get to the thought. I, I, and, and, and she talks about the fact that just notice in your in your body what's happening. You're feeling tense. Your stomach is tight. Like, just notice it and say, oh, what is it that I'm feeling? Oh, what's the thought behind this feeling, right? Oh, he's visiting me again. Exactly. It, it's visiting me again. Exactly. Because for me, like, I don't have what it takes. It doesn't even show up often as a word. It shows up as this deep, dark, dread feeling. Mm -hmm. So, yes, notice that. Just notice. And that's all you do. The second step is you reframe it. You look for ways to see the situation differently. And for example, um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't have what it takes. So I, so I, I thought about it. Sometimes it's, it's not easy to reframe. I, there, there's a prayer. There's a lesson in a course of miracles that I use as a prayer. And I'll just say above all else, let me see this differently. Mm -hmm. And for me that came up as, Oh, I can handle this. So I, I wrote it on, and I keep it right next to my computer. I can handle this. I'm not enough. I'm enough. It can be the opposite or it can be just a reframe. Oh, this is an opportunity to, to rewire. Just saying, oh, I'm having a negative thought. Let me rewire that. So the second is, first is you, you observe, you recognize. Second, you reframe. And the third is you respond differently. Mm. You respond differently. You respond different than you normally would. So if you're normally would, uh, like if you normally would, if you normally get scared and you go, then you, you death, then you do what you need to do. You respond differently and you must do this over and over and over and over and over again, because at the very beginning, trying to rewire a hardwired brain, it's just like everything in you will say, stop. Don't do this. It just sucks you in. Mm -hmm. And so it, but it doesn't need to take that long. Really? Tell me more. <laughs> well, various, various things I've read, neuroscientists have said, it can take a matter of days. It can take a matter of months. 
really, it depends on two things, three things. It depends on your motivation, how much you want to change. It depends on your level of commitment, how ready you are to walk through fire to make it happen. And it, it depends on discipline because most of us are really lazy about our thinking. I yeah. get really lazy about my thinking. It's just so easy. It's just so easy because those hardwired neural pathways have the have this like gravitational pull that just sucks you in. And so it takes tremendous diligence and vigilance. So depending on how vigilant you are, it doesn't need to take a long time. And it also, I think we go through stages where we might uncover certain thought processes and what's holding us back and we might work on that. But that old ceiling now becomes my bottom. Now I find a new ceiling. There's something else that's coming to trip me over. And it's again, going back to the process of shining a light on it, right? Oh, isn't that interesting? I'm about to embark on this new endeavor and look how I'm thinking, right? <laughs> and then doing the process again. Let me reframe it. And now I got to go do the thing, feel the fear. And what was that famous book, that wonderful book, feel the fear and do it anyways. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I'm assuming that, well, let me ask you this. Is there of these three steps, is there a part when you've taught, you've, you've coached so many people now at this point with this process, is there one of the three that you find is often most challenging for people, for women? Yes, for anybody responding differently because here's here's why there, there's really three reasons actually there, there's four it's really hard to respond differently because as i said the neural pathway that says there's not enough or the neural pathway that says i'm not important mm. or the neural pathway that says money is bad that has been dug so deep in you and that has a force so it's like this gravitational force that will suck you in so it's really hard. The second reason is because every thought you think triggers a neurotransmitter, mm. releases a neurotransmitter or a chemical. And I think there are seven or eight different chemicals, but our body literally gets addicted to those chemicals. So every time we go to think a different thought, to respond differently, we, we it's like going through detox. Withdrawal. We go through withdrawal. Yeah. Yes. And the third reason is whenever we're stressed or tired or scared, we just automatically go back to the back old Back to the way. comfort zone, right, what we're used to. Yes. And the fourth, and this is really rarely talked about in, in literature on finance for women, but it's so important, is if there has been any trauma, any trauma, that trauma will get, if it's triggered, your brain shuts down, your rational brain, and you will go to fight, flight, and freeze. So it's really important to understand the effect trauma has had on you and to do some healing work on that trauma if you find yourself really stuck. really hungry for? What if you could make peace with food and your body without restrictive food rules? 
Join Rena Reiser, Mind, Body, and Compassion Coach, in her program, Nourish. You'll learn deep principles and practices to help make friends with food and discover a more satisfied, fulfilled, and calmer you. Learn more at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. It's not a food plan. It's not a healthy lifestyle program. It is so much more. It's an introspective journey where you'll learn to reparent and repair your relationship with food, your body, and yourself. Check it out at jewishlatinprincess.com forward slash nourish. really amazing. Now, Barbara, I know you said that it doesn't have to be a long process, but I think we've established that if albeit it doesn't have to be long, it could be continuous because like you said, we might uncover layers of trauma or, the, you know, we, it's just like, a, it's an ongoing process for you. Is this something that you continuously try to practice? It's like become part of your habit to go through these three steps all the time. All the time, all the time, because it gets easier. It gets really easier. However, those old neural pathways, they still linger mm -hmm. and they can be triggered. And so the quicker you, you do the recognize, reframe, respond differently, it, it's much easier after a while. It's yeah. so much easier. Yeah, it, it definitely, you know what's sitting on my desk? You'll love this. Look, look at the book. It's sitting on my desk. <laughs> Do you see this? Oh, yeah. That, that's one of the early ones I read. Yeah, I like it. Fabulous. I like it. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's fabulous. I was just working working through the, that the, one. The best book, the best book I have read that, that had the most impact on me was by Jeffrey Schwartz. He's an amazing, amazing neuropsychiatrist. Uh-huh. And he wrote, he's written many books, but The Mind and the Brain. It's phenomenal. And he... He, he did a landmark study years ago that he proved he could cure OCD patients, mm -hmm. OCDs, obsessive compulsive behaviors that they can't stop like washing their hands or not stepping on a crack. He proved he could cure OCD patients without drugs simply by training their minds to rewire their brain. So, so much of my work was influenced by him. Wow. He's, yeah, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Now, Barbara, you went through a personal journey that you talked to us about last time you were here with literally um, the it was like a major wake up call for lack of a better term. You had your, you know, just literally a major wake up call. And to a certain extent, not everybody has the and I want to use air quotes here, the benefit or the advantage of having that big wake up call that trans that leads us to a transformation like it did to you. It, it took you into a financial, it, financial growth journey and it, it launched you. I mean, it led you to your career, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you built your own wealth on your own. You, 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 you came back, you came out of this a, a completely different woman. And what I'm trying to say is not everybody has the benefit of that. Uh, many oh, people. But, but, yeah. But let me tell you, research shows that women do not get serious of making or managing money until they hit a crisis, ah. till they lose a job, till they lose a husband, or till they're on the brink of the retirement. So I have seen what now maybe they weren't as uh, as fun to talk about as mine, but crisis 
crisis happens a lot for women. It's what pushes us over the edge. And mm-hmm. this is why I really, really, and, and you do too, we really want to help women start taking charge of their money or taking charge of their life before a crisis. Exactly. That was exactly what I was going to say. I feel like a lot of women just live on a comatose stage. Like, you know, there's no crisis, but I don't really feel very fulfilled. I don't feel like my financial life is great. I don't feel like I'm living in alignment with my values. It's like low level anxiety, stress. And I feel like that's the norm. And what's so wonderful about your work is you're saying, no, 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 no. You got to change that. And here are the tools for you to change that because you can change your circumstances from being just blah to being actually great from just barely making it or having enough or, you know, to actually building wealth. And you have the power to do that. You don't have to hit a crisis, but you also don't have to live in this like uh, comfort zone that's like blah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know. It, and you, I don't know if you heard that read the latest study it just came out a couple of days ago. They found 54% of millennials, uh-huh. millennial women, depend on their husbands, millennials who are married, depend on their husband for financial advice, for financial guidance, and to take care of the finances. Really? I'm really surprised, actually. I know. Seriously. I thought millennials you know, were like, hello. <laughs> no, no, no. I always say the Prince Charming myth is alive and well. Oh, it may not gosh. be a man. But so many women, young and old, in fact, boomers are, are much farther along, but so many, so many women are waiting for something or someone or just an amorphous something to rescue them. It's part of our collective unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. You said not everyone has the gift of a crisis, but it's true. The crisis can be a gift. Yeah. It just, it's, it's a really horrible gift to have to work through. It's not fun. You know, it's not fun. It makes it harder. You don't think clear when you're in a crisis exactly so this is why this work is so important because ladies you could actually don't have to wait for a crisis you should actually start with this process and notice because we all have them come on we all have these negative thoughts that on some level are holding us back from building the light that we want so if we go through this process that you've laid out for us now barbara you kind of mentioned in passing three power tools is that different from the three steps that you mentioned so it's funny, I haven't talked about this to anybody. I don't know even why I mentioned it. I haven't mentioned this before. But <laughs> maybe I, I want to start talking about them because they're really cool. Um, so what I, what I realized is you take people through the process. Mm-hmm. Recognize, reframe, respond differently. People get stuck. I got stuck. Uh-huh. And you want to give up. And so what I came up with, what I call them power tools, but would just how to help you when you get stuck. And the first, I'll tell you what they are. The first is resistance work. The second is reparenting work. And the third is repetition. And every time, so let me talk about resistance because resistance is absolutely normal. It is inevitable. Every time you go to the next level, anytime you go to do something new, your your body's going to say, no, don't go there because success in anything, whether it's making more money or losing more weight, is always found just outside your comfort zone. And and you will resist. And the key, you don't, resistance is normal. And whenever I go into resistance all the time, I always go, oh, goody, that means I'm going to the next level. Mm-hmm. So resistance doesn't need to stop you for very long. Um, 
if you know how to work with it. And really, just to go through this quickly, all resistance comes from fear. Yeah. And under fear is a belief. And every belief at the core of every belief is a decision you made about yourself or about money. And it's getting back to that decision that you made and reframing it and making a new decision and really exploring what your fears are. So that's just a quick way. Reparenting is because there is a little child in us. There is many parts of us, but there is definitely a little girl. And that little girl is often running our show. That that little girl who grew up in a family that says money is bad is running our show. You can't make money. That's bad. That little girl who grew up where their parents were big spenders, she'll find herself spending. The, the woman will find herself spending and she doesn't understand it. So it's really important to do reparenting work. And this is especially true if there's been any early trauma or early shame. And, and the way – this is a, a story that's often used to describe how our, our little girl, our child, takes over – so imagine you're in a car and you're, you're driving along and everything's fine. And your little girl, you as a three-year-old, is strapped in back in the car seat. and She's just playing. And then all of a sudden, a car passes by and starts screaming. The driver starts screaming. And this little girl, that feels very vaguely familiar. She tears off her seatbelt. She jumps in the front seat. She pushes you aside. She takes the car. She can't drive. Your feet can't reach the pedal, but she looks at you and says, I got this. <laughs> and you, stunned, don't know what to do. And that's what happens when our little girl takes over and starts driving us. And so it's very important to do some reparenting work, really going back and talking to that little girl, finding out what is going on and reparenting her, giving her different messages, telling her you'll take care of her. She can stay in the back seat. She doesn't need in, in the book there's a whole meditation to do. And the third is repetition. And, and repetition means doing, responding differently over and over and over again. But there's some very interesting things about repetition. For example, you don't even have to do something physically. If you visualize it, if you imagine it, it that those same areas of your brain respond. They did, they did a study where they had a group of people learn to play a simple song on the piano. They had a, another group also learn to play the single, only they didn't use their fingers. They just imagined their fingers. Have you heard of this study? I've heard of it. It's and, fascinating. And, and, and they found that the areas of the brain that controlled the fingers were both changed, whether they really played the piano or they imagined it. So there's all kinds of ways to to repeat, to respond differently that don't always entail you, you actually doing something. Yeah, I find that really, really fascinating. I just had a guest come on the show and talk about vision boards, for example, and the power of actually creating vision boards for your objectives and first putting what you want in writing and flushing it all out to like the tiniest detail and then actually creating that board that you look at every day kind of that poster that you talked about before that you you look at and you remind yourself because again you're conditioning your mind to think that that's what's happening in the present you're feeling the emotions of of being in that reality and then the brain thinks, oh, she's there. Like, that, that, that is reality. 
<laughs> it's amazing. It's really, really powerful stuff. Now, Barbara, let me ask you this. It's your eighth book. You, obviously, you built a career. You built wealth after the years that you were struggling. You built a career. Um, you built a business out of your writing, which actually, that's what I want to ask you first. I want to ask you about this because a lot of my listeners sometimes feel like, oh, well, she had the resources to do it. And, you know, who am I to do it? What you were talking about before. And here you are as an example of somebody who built a business out of something that, you know, writers are not necessarily the best, you know, paying people. Okay, pay. I, I just have to tell you, I, I do not make my my books are not my business. Exactly. You my, build the I, business. I don't make money off my books. Right. So tell us about that process, because I think it's important for people to know that you can build wealth doing what you love and getting creative around it, which is exactly what you did. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I spirit led me to write. Mm -hmm. Spirit leads me to write. I, this is God's work. It's like I always say, quoting Mother Teresa, I am a pencil in God's hand. Mm -hmm. So I write my book. I, I don't write them for money. I, I write my books because it's always what I, I need to learn. Everything, every book I have ever written is what I need to learn. And by my research and my interviews, I learn it. But my passion, like yours, is empowering women financially. That That's my passion. And I want, but my passion is not to teach it as a practical process, but is also a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And I put those two together. And yeah, I built the, the, the books have been great in spreading in creating visibility for me and from that i've been able to build a business and it's given me cachet and uh and financial freedom I, yeah i i remember so i i'm a i was a chronic under earner chronic under earner for which is so whole. hard to imagine you as such <laughs> and i remember i started interviewing women for my second book uh secrets of six-figure women and I decided I was going to make $125,000 mm -hmm. that year, which was, I don't think I'd ever made more than 25000 I was 40, I was in my late 40s. Wow. And I put I put a post-it note up and I wrote $125,000 on it. And my second ex-husband comes in and he says, what's that? And I tell him and he starts laughing. Ugh. He said, how are you going to make that? You don't even, you don't have a background in finance. How are you going to? make that money helping women and I took that post-it note off in fact I have it somewhere here I, I keep it on my desk I took that I here it is all right here's that I I framed it I wrote 125,000 wow. I took it off and then I wrote yes you can I've had that on my desk ever since and, and yes I did yes I did I made 120 and that was the beginning of making six figures for the rest of my life so the truth so, is that you've been doing the work that you talk about rewire, rewire for wealth. The three, you've been doing it since then. You just had never really put it into a structure and told exactly. people about it. Exactly. I learned, I learned when I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, I wanted to know how to get smart about money because I was clueless. So I started interviewing all these women who were smart with money. And the biggest thing I learned from them, biggest, was it wasn't what they did. It was how they thought. And when I shifted my thinking, that's what changed. What I didn't understand is how to take shifting my thinking to actually rewiring my brain. Mm -hmm. And 
that what, what I realized now is that would have absolutely expedited my learning curve and it absolutely expedites the learning curve when you can just not change your thoughts but really realize how to rewire your brain so you don't get that resistance, that hard resistance to going forward. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, I want to ask you this, and you've alluded to it, but I want you to like really leave it very clear for listeners. At this point, Barbara, you could just be sitting on the beach sipping pina coladas, but you're not. You're running your programs. You just finished your, your, your eighth book. It's coming out. You're super generous you pour into you were a guest on one of my on my program on jewish money makeover your guest on shows you pour you i know you you give so much to women it's not about the money and i think you said it before but you're still you're still doing this what is it that it's about what motivates you that you're still going because it's not the money that, that you made god god motivates me it's it's i i'm here to do god's to work and I, I feel and that's why there's several times I mean several times I felt God said okay you're done and I said okay I'm done but I wasn't and then when God says you're done I'm done but I sure hope it's not for a long time because I really love this work I really really love it, it gives me great joy and I think because I know what it was like for 40 some years to not to understand money to be married to a compulsive gambler who went through my inheritance, to have three children and he left the country and I had a million dollars in tax bills and I was terrified and my father wouldn't lend me money. It's like, I was so terrified. I was so, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I prayed and, and that's when this, it was very much of a spiritual practice for me, but that that's motivating. I don't ever want any woman to go through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to highlight, you said it brings me joy because at the end of the day, when we are serving, when we are really serving our divine calling, our creator, when you feel like God has called me to do something, all of this that you've gone through is because you need to be of service to other people. That's that's joy right there. That is joy. Well, you, you are the, you are a picture. You are the poster child for that. <laughs> yes, I'm very proud that I like I love what I do. I love serving women. And it lights me up. And I don't ever really want to stop doing it. And yes, I love making money doing it too. <laughs> because that means I can serve more people. Yeah, I, 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 I love making money. I haven't given up on I love earning. I love what it allows me to do. Exactly. But I have to say my fortune came, my fortune came from investing. Mm. My fortune came from investing. I make good money and I have a, a lot of fun and I do a lot of stuff with it, but my fortune came from building, from slowly, I, I everything was gone, Every, almost everything, not everything. I had a couple properties that, that spewed out money and if I lived frugally and I saved, I saved, I saved, and I started investing and so I'm, I'm a big believer in in, in investing and creating wealth. Me too. Make that money work for you. <laughs> Me too. Barbara, tell us where we can find you. The book is on pre-sale now, correct? Yes, it's it's on all the websites. Um, all the, the, it, I know it's on Amazon and I think it's on Border, Barnes and Nobles. And, yeah, so it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Very Have exciting. you read the book? 
Yeah, have you written a book? Let's talk about that here publicly so that everybody can hold me accountable. You've written, what, eight books? I have so many books on me, inside of me. And I had said a couple weeks ago, I told a friend that by Hanukkah 2020, I would have the manuscript for my first book. I have about six or eight weeks to go. I haven't started, but I know I could do it. What do you think, Barbara? <laughs> what do you think? I, I don't know if you'll have your manuscript ready by then. You, you may. You may be a quick worker. But I would love to support you. Thank you. Because you need to write a book. And there's no accident that I asked you this. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, there definitely is no accident because you had no idea about this, that I have this book in me. And my husband told me the other day, you've been teaching your program. I've seen your notes. There's the book. Yeah, I'll just sit and put it all together. And there's your book. I'm like, yeah, I know. So I just need to turn off my phone. Uh, I'll help you. I will help Thank you. you. If there's anything I, I can do. Thank you. Thank you. Now that that that's motivating. I'm going to sit and write that book and I'll call you crying. Barbara, I'm stuck. And then you'll give me the kick. You got you got this. Yeah, you got to keep working on it. <laughs> so ladies, there's a book coming out. <laughs> but in the meantime, go go um, buy on Amazon, go on the pre-sale and get Rewire for Wealth, three steps any woman can take to program her brain for financial success right now and follow Barbara. Barbara, you also have a wealth, uh, what do you call it? The wealth collect connection? Yeah, you can, well, you can go to my website and I am getting a brand new website, but I still have my old embarrassing website, but I would <laughs> go to my website, Barbara hyphen Houston, Barbara dash Houston, H-U-S-O-M. And you can see all kinds of things. But yeah, I have, this was my dream. I have created a community of women. It's a safe place for women to talk about money and anything related to finances. And it's an online community and we do education and group coaching and individual coaching. And we have a book club. We have Ask the Bookkeeper. We have all kinds of programs. It's so fabulous. So it's called The Wealth Connection. So please check it out. Yes, yes. And it's so important because back to the original, like this ties it full circle about the way women think. I think the part of connecting with others and having that support, right, really motivates us to change because we're relationship creatures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a, Emory University did, did a study long time ago and they found that a part of women's brains light up when they can collaborate with other women to learn about money. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's really important far more than men. Yeah, yeah. Well, Barbara, thank you for being here. It is always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for the work that you do, for being so generous with your wisdom, with your experience. And we look forward to staying in touch, to reading this book, to actually devouring this book and putting all the principles into practice. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks to Barbara Houston for stopping by. You can find her at barbara-houston.com and on Facebook and Instagram as Barbara Houston. You can pre-order her book, Rewire for Wealth, right now on Amazon and many other booksellers. All right, ladies, so here are the takeaways. Number one, don't dim your light. If you're not achieving the financial success that you'd like, step back and stop thinking about the money itself. Rather, ask yourself, who is the woman that I need to become? What is the vessel that I need to be to receive and contain the blessing of wealth? Number two, wealth does not come from what you earn or marry or inherit. Wealth comes from what you do with that money. Number three, we are not motivated by the money. We are motivated by purpose. But it's really hard to fulfill our purpose if we're drowning in debt or not making enough money to cover our needs. Number four, you can rewire your 
brain by going through the following three steps. Recognize the negative or unsupporting thought, reframe it, and then respond differently than you normally would. Number five, although many women wait till a major crisis hits to take their financial life seriously, you don't have to. Number six, the Prince Charming myth is alive and well, unfortunately. Be sure you're not one of those people living it. Number seven, success in any area of your life is right outside of your comfort zone. Number eight, resistance does not have to stop you for very long. Number nine, the biggest thing you can do to fix your financial situation is to shift your thinking and rewire your brain. And finally, 10, step into your purpose and let God guide you. Don't run to find your wealth on the other side of the world. God already has given you what you need to be of service and earn your livelihood. I want to thank you for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, would you just go ahead and forward it, share it with someone else who you know might love it. And hey, if you're standing at the checkout line and you listen on iTunes, you can also just drop a review and rating very easily. And as I said before, I continue to pick reviewers every week and we get to chat and get to know each other more personally I guess and it's a lot of fun and also be sure to join me on my private Facebook group Jewish Money Matters for I will be posting the rules for money miracles eight days of financial miracles and we get started in a few days on Hanukkah there will be a chance to win great prizes next up is a very special guest with a special name I'm not going to give it away see you here next time thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe on iTunes Leave a rating and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.